Hello, Switched On crew. Dan here with today's signals on making tough health and wellness decisions. With me is Lindsay Elmore. She is a board-certified pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner who helps people with cardiometabolic disease to transform their life through a series of simple steps and more. A great quote from Lindsay in the episode, be you only better. Come join us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Switched On Podcast. Today, we have Lindsay Elmore with us. Insight on your background. Hi, I am Dr. Lindsay Elmore. I am a board-certified pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner who helps people with cardiometabolic disease to transform their life through a series of simple steps. I started as a chemist, became a pharmacist, practiced um, in family medicine for several years, and then went on a journey that has been has ever evolved into a lifelong journey. When I was in pharmacy school, I tore my ACL. That landed me in the chiropractor's office for the first time, which catapulted me into the acupuncturist's office for the first time, which led me to use herbs for the first time, which opened my eyes to the fact that there are many different ways to practice pharmacy, practice medicine, and ultimately to recognize that much of the conventional wisdom about how we stay well is so misguided. And fast forward to now, I've had years of speaking on behalf of health and wellness and helping people to take ownership of their own health one day at a time and not get stressed and overwhelmed about trying to do everything all at once and really trying to make the science of being healthy, simple and accessible for everyone. Man, a couple notes I just jotted around quickly. There was, you know, you said how we stay well and then making it simple and it really is um, surprising what we layer on top over time. And I wish I would have gotten much more in tune with this a lot earlier in my life journey. So it's neat that you got exposed to these things that kind of opened you up and really made you uh, aware. They did. They really opened my eyes and allowed me to recognize that much of what I had learned wasn't necessarily my in my core, my heart, my, my essence of being, I knew it was not correct for most people. And so just going down that pathway of like, okay, well, let me learn what feels right for me. And how do I teach other people to recognize and to understand what feels right for them? Because I think so often we have lost track of what it actually feels like to be healthy. And then we also have this, culture of dogma where we say, well, so-and-so is my doctor or so-and-so is my, my brother or so-and-so is my whoever it is that we relinquish the power of our health and wellness over to. And that is what I'd stand against. I just want people to understand that they are truly their best doctor. You know, the doctor of the future is you having enough intuition to know that your body is saying, hey, that food did not sit well with me. And then having enough self-love and self-compassion and self-care to be like, well, 
I know that the fried chicken and the French fries taste delicious, but every time I eat it, my body feels tired and sluggish and I have gas and I'm bloated and I don't want to get up the next day. And then when I'm with, with the peeps eating the fried chicken and the French fries, it it, it gives me that permission to drink beer and to go bed a little bit later. Like one bad decision begets the next, just as one good decision begets the next. And I think so often people want to wake up tomorrow in a different body than what they are in today. And it's like, no, you've had this same body since you were born. And it took you this long to get to the place where you are. Why would you think that you could just like poof, flip a switch and do something differently? And it's, to me, health is not about... I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do my morning meditation and then I do my intermittent fasting for 20 hours a day and I I work out for an hour and a half and I have this amazing relationship with my spouse and we have the best sex ever and, and our children never misbehave and all this other stuff. That's not real. What is real is saying day in and day out, I am going to make the boring, lame, mundane decisions that make me healthier over time. And so if that means that you're, I, you know, I saw somebody yesterday say like, you know, in your twenties, you're out partying and you're just having a great time. And then sometime in your thirties or forties, like all of a sudden you're the like sleepy time bear at eight 30 in the evening. And so don't think that everything in your life has to change immediately what can you do right now that's going to set you on a path that's going to empower you to be like, oh, well, I worked out for 30 seconds, therefore I work out, you know? And it's that it's that conscious language of how do we talk to ourselves? Can you take three deep breaths and be like, I practice pranayama? Heck yeah. You know, um, I slept last night. I got in bed last night at 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. Well, guess what? I go to bed early so I can get up early. (laughs) Don't worry about making this like you must be healthy. How can you have fun with it and find joy in it? And how can you count even the small wins as wins, as things that are like, dang, I did something today that I didn't do yesterday. Um, even me at, you know, I got, I got a treadmill a few months ago. I love a treadmill and just, you know, it's been a really stressful year to go to the gym and all of the things. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to bring this to my house. And it's been like, okay, I've been walking for 15 minutes and then that turns into 17 and then that turns into 20. And this morning I get an email and it's like, do you want to join our 5k? And if you finish it during the, this time frame, we'll send you a medal. And I was like, who would have ever thought that I would be like about to get my medal for like doing a 5k, but because I've been practicing and working up to it, the idea of like, okay, I'm going to run at 12 minute miles for three miles. I can do that. I can run for 40 minutes and it's, it's going to, and I'm going to come out on the other side doing something that I've never done 
before. So I genuinely think that each and every person has the ability to be healthy and to stay well. You have to care about yourself enough to do it. And you have to care about yourself enough to make it a habit, even when I mean, come on, no one is denying that unhealthy food and self-destructive behaviors are fun. But I heard somebody say the other day, drugs are fun until they're not. Being unhealthy is fun until it's not. So we're just trying to push that unhealthy away from us because the idea that we are we as humans are designed to be unwell for 50 years of an 80 year long life is a lie. It is an out and out lie. Now, if I could tell you, Hey, you can live to a hundred and you're only going to be sick for the two weeks right before you die. You're like, all right, I'm in, I'm in for a hundred years. But if I tell you like, look, you're going to live to a hundred, but you're going to be chronically ill on 10 medications for at least 30 years of that. And then you're going to get cancer and go through chemotherapy. And then six years later, the cancer is going to come back. And then, you know, that's going to cause anxiety and depression that are going to necessitate some other medications. You're going to be like, you know what? Maybe 70 years, maybe I'm good with not that last 30 years. We need to understand that we have the power and the potential to be healthy. We just have to do the day in and day out stuff that it takes to be happy. And you can't hate yourself through it. You have to really care about yourself through the whole thing because you can be equally as unhealthy being Thin, not having cardiometabolic disease, but having mental health diseases, having stress, anxiety, all of the things. So I know that's a roundabout way of getting to your question, but I think that bottom line, each, every person who's listening to this today has the right to be healthy. Yeah. You know, you said a few things in there that really resonated. One was We've lost track of what it's like to be healthy. And in some ways, I think we also maybe never even knew what it felt like to really be, you know, enjoying the vibrancy when you get there. And I know for me, as I started to really clean up my health and wellness equation, that I was really surprised at how I was feeling. And I, some of it, I had never actually even experienced these feelings to know it could feel this good. And I had become like, you know, okay, I'm going to eat a massive lunch. And then you get sleepy at two in the afternoon where you think, oh, that's just what happens. And then as you start to, you know, clean things up, you're like, oh, I don't get sleepy anymore. And then, Yeah. yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I heard a statistic one time that the average American puts on two pounds every year at Christmas. And most people do not take that two pounds off. Well, give that five years, that's 10 extra pounds you're carrying around. Give that 30 years, that's 60 extra pounds that you're carrying around. And again, we think, oh, that just happens. But there's also another way that it could happen. Number one, you could say, look, I understand it's the holidays. I'm going to continue to eat exactly the way that I normally eat. I'm still not going to drink alcohol. I'm still going to go to bed early. Or you can say, you know what? 
It's totally the holidays. I am going to drink more than I usually do. I'm going to bake a cake even though I normally don't. I'm going to eat gluten even though I normally don't. I might eat some meat even though six, eight months out of the year, two, three meals a day, every day, I'm not eating meat. And then you say, but you know what? But then I'm going to come back to my habits because I know that that's what helps me to stay well long-term. Or you can be like, well, I drank four glasses of wine on Christmas, so I might as well drink four glasses of wine every single day. There's different paths that you can walk down because it's we're not supposed to be perfect. And we are supposed to have joy in life. I think that being joyful and being happy is critically important along the journey. Um And if you are joyful and happy in these decisions that you make that also happen to keep you well, well, that's a win-win. All of a sudden, your mental stress is going down. Your mental health is good. You're happy, so your relationships with other people either become happier or you realize like, wow, this person really drags me down and I don't know that I need this in my life anymore. So you can come face to face with some of those hard decisions that we have to make in life. Um, But, you know, I think, so you and I talked before we started recording about how it's totally a lie that people are supposed to live with chronic disease. Yeah. I also think we have a major problem in that we do not actively seek to prevent chronic disease. You know, if you watch television, my goodness, do you see ads about like the newest, the best, the the treatment for diabetes, for cancer, for prostate health, for erectile dysfunction. The treatments abound. Why don't you take one big step back and go, well, why do I have erectile? Why does, you know, why does my spouse or my husband have erectile dysfunction and I have no libido? Like, why don't we work on that? Like, why are we both kind of like plopping into bed at 11 PM or midnight or 1 AM, not having gone through any kind of communicative processes to help this problem stop before it starts. You know, I think diabetes is is an amazing example. Everybody wants to talk about what's the treatment for diabetes. And I'm like, well, how do you prevent yourself from getting diabetes in the first place? Because in general and listeners, I know that some of you are going to send in the, the mail and be like, no, I've got this genetic predisposition and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But in general, Type 2 diabetes is very easily controllable by just simply paying attention to how does your blood sugar respond when you eat certain foods. Right. And and the problem with diagnostics when it comes to diabetes is to diagnose diabetes, we look at your blood sugar and we look at your, um, we look at your A1C, which is a cumulative measure of what your blood sugar has been over approximately the last three months. Yeah, but if we saw 15 years ago that, hey, your fasting insulin should be less than five, it's at 15. If you do not stop now, you within a few years will have diabetes. You don't right now. Your pancreas is still keeping up. You're still keeping up with everything that you need to do, but we're seeing the signs. We're seeing the signs years and years in advance of 
things having a complete and total breakdown. And we need to be looking at those signs earlier and actively working on, okay, well, how do I ensure that I am not going down disease path and going down health path? Of course, even if you walk the healthiest path that there is, sometimes the illness hits us. And that is no, sometimes it can be something as simple as you go to a new location, you encounter an allergen that you've never been exposed to before. You encounter an environmental toxin that you've never been exposed to before, and it sends you in a spiral. But the great news is you have built the mental resiliency because you've spent years crafting stress reduction techniques and really working on your diet to stay healthy and give your brain the nutrition that it needs so you can stay calm so that you can meet these obstacles with clear headedness and, and a goal of success, not a goal of, okay, well now I have this, give me the six medicines and we'll keep just, we'll keep turning the dial on a medicine until it's time to add another one until we reach these artificial numbers that people say are like disease treatment goals. And it's like, I don't want you, I don't want your disease to be at goal. I want you to not have disease. I want you to not be ill in the first place. I don't want you to be strapped down by fear and anxiety and self-loathing to the point where you end up being sick. There is a different way. Yeah. Wow. I wrote down several things, but two things I'm going to highlight. One is I I was watching a show and out of nowhere, a commercial came on about flappy chin syndrome, right? And they have a drug to fix this loose skin. And I'm, I'm looking at it going, oh my God, you know, they create this self-consciousness, you know, then you go look in the mirror and you're like, do I have that? Oh my God. Right. I know. It's like they create (laughs) the whole, it's really stunning. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, how we have put so much pressure on ourselves to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way when it's like the greatest thing about, life is that we are all different and that we all have the ability to give our own unique gifts to the collective pool that is humanity. Yeah. Another thing that I triggered on was, you know, when we started on our health journey, I actually relied on a principle from the work side of my life and in running companies and scaling organizations. I had read a great thing that Andy Grove from Intel had written about. Look, he said, the better you define a problem, the better your product development will be. It'll cost less. It'll get done 10 times faster because you're not trying to make changes in the process. You defined it up front. So we defined our health journey and we said, okay, we want to live to 110 with full brain function and full body function. So we set that as our problem definition. And now every decision we make is tested against that definition and saying, will this or won't this help us get to this 110 with full brain function, full body? Sure. And 
<clears throat> it's been amazingly helpful to have that simple little guidepost to weigh against. So yeah. just a little tip I use based on you know past lives of scaling companies. Um, yeah. I mean, knowing where you want to be is really important to yeah, the whole journey. It really is. Um, the Another question, another thing I'd written down in the pre-show discussion was this um, feeling vibrant, healthy, fit should be simple. Yeah. And I do think it's really important to continue to emphasize that point of this because it can be overwhelming for people, especially at the beginning of it, when you're looking at this going, oh my God, you know, how do I start? So just wanted to get your insight on that. Well, I mean, I think that everybody tries to make health so complicated. You know, it's like the newest study says this, the latest thing says that. But really, if you just take a step back and really get down to it, what do you what do you know listeners right now what makes you healthy just pause what makes me healthy because there's not that many things right. do do you sleep right do you exercise do you have healthy relationships that are mutually supportive and and goal oriented do you eat well I mean, it's, and do you breathe? That's another big thing is do you breathe and do you have stress reduction practices? Really, once you start to get outside of those, that's just icing on the cake. And I'm not here to tell you that there's, there's one best way to eat. You guys, I'm not here to tell you that there's one best way to exercise. If you really sum it up, um, you know, eight to 10 hours of sleep, generally pretty healthy for humans. Eight to 10 hours of sleep without the influence of alcohol or cannabis or um, sedating medications, even better. If you're like, okay, well, I'm going to design my perfect sleep environment where it's going to be cold and I'm going to have a weighted blanket and I'm going to have tone machines that engage the different hemispheres of my brain. That's just icing on the cake. That is being able to say, I'm actually going to craft even more spectacularly amazing routines. You know, I think that people go sometimes so overboard, especially like with toxins around the house, because you are in a lot of ways what you cannot detoxify. You know, people say you are what you eat. Michael Pollan says you are what you eat, eats. I've heard chefs say the sum of your diet is what you actually cut because if you're having to slice the food, dice the food, prepare the food, that is a measure of what actually builds your body versus the bag that you open and then just stick into a dip that you didn't have to expend any work to do. That's because that's not building your body in a positive way. It's building your body in a negative way. And hey, y'all, don't get me wrong. I, I, I went to a funeral last week and I was on the road for hours and hours and hours. Over the course of a week and a half, I too ate a tub of pimento cheese. But then you come back and you're like, all right, well, I made this decision that I know may not be the best for me on a food front. What can I do today where I have greater control, where I have the ability to go to my refrigerator and be like, today's kind of a green smoothie kind of day. Today's a day where I can get up a little bit earlier and get on the treadmill 
you know, people want to argue about what kind of exercise is the right exercise. Well, some is better than none. And a little bit more is probably better than that. And then if you do too much, you're ending up turning on your stress responses. Not good for you. You know, how much meditation do you need to do to be relaxed? I don't know, friends. How much meditation do you need to do to be relaxed? I know how much I need to do. I have no idea how much you need to do. Only you can answer these questions. I think people are so often like, what's what's the best diet? Is it keto? Is it paleo? Is it vegan? Is it, you know, am I only supposed to eat grass-fed organic meat? Or if I don't eat organic berries, does that negate the fact? Stop allowing your mind to take over your instincts. Don't let your mind take over your instincts because your instincts are going to be like, hmm, probably eating some blueberries is better than eating like blueberry popsicles, even if they're not organic. You know, your brain is going to say, hey, you know, probably working out for the 30 seconds or the one minute that I can, probably better than sitting still all day long. Um, Eating eating a plant-based meal, probably better than eating, you know, bacon, straight bacon three times a day. It, you know, intermittent fasting. Can can you go 12 hours without eating? I know you can because eight of those hours you're going to be asleep. Right. And so don't make it about a dogma. Make it about, all right, I know there are these basic tenets of health, sleep, food, exercise, stress reduction, relationships, detoxification. Those are like the big things. What can you do? Where can you move the needle and make it simple and accessible for yourself so that you don't end up doing what most people do and trying to change everything all at once and then going like, well, I'm a failure. I don't know why I even tried. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And it's uh it's it's really fun as the switch that we flipped was we're we're now relishing the adventure of questioning and change instead yeah. of being so set in our base beliefs and not wanting to feel uncomfortable and now it's the complete opposite man we we see an article or we see a thing about mulberries and you know we're diving in going I wonder what those will do for us and and then you're, you know, the fun of that discovery, it becomes the fuel to keep pushing you. And that is a place where if people can learn to just be excited about the journey of it, uh, yeah. it really fuels you on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I'm doing something new this week that I've never done. I heard a podcast the other day and a woman was talking about, micro variations in your diet. And this is a concept I'd never heard before. Like, you know, I think a lot of people talk about tasting the rainbow, but she's like, look, what if you actually went one step further and tried to see how many diverse plant-based ingredients? And so that's, that's vegetables, that's fruits, that's nuts, that's seeds, that's grains, that's a lot of different beans, legumes. I mean, you got a lot of food in the plant kingdom, um, enough to sustain any human life, uh, in my opinion. And so within that, she says, see how many of those foods you can eat 
in a week. And so she's like, look, instead of going to the store and buying a bag of green apples, go to the store and get one green apple, one pink lady apple, one honey crisp apple, one golden delicious, one this, one that. And so, and then you're like, okay, well, normally I eat peanut butter, but what would happen if you one day ate peanut butter and then cashew butter and then almond butter and then sunflower seed butter. And then, you know, and then maybe you just ate an apple with some cinnamon on it the next day. So she was saying, look, what, how much diversity can you really truly get in, in your diet? And so I'm starting something where I'm like, okay, I'm going to see how many I can do the, she's done this challenge before. And the winner had 234 different plant foods in one week. And so it's like, okay, well, so what you're used to having, um, you know, me, I'm used to having a mango smoothie with some wheatgrass in it and some, this and some that, what if instead of turmeric, I'm putting in ginger tomorrow? And what if instead of putting in cinnamon, I'm putting in nutmeg, like how does the exposure to those diverse polyphenols and phytonutrients really help to bolster our health and wellness. Uh, that's a great one. I'm going to put that on my list. And Way fun. Yeah. Um, well, listen, you know, it's clear that we could talk for hours, but as we start to wind this down, I have two questions I always ask every guest. One is, is what's one thing that you'd like to highlight for everybody to take away from this half an hour of getting to know you? I just hope that everyone walks away with an understanding that they on the deepest level deserve to be healthy. I think that so often we hate ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We have imposter syndrome. We don't think that we have value as a human being and forget all that. You have the utmost value and you're here in the absolute perfect way that you are supposed to be. So, and you deserve to have a healthy life to go along with it. Great message. Love that. And thank you. I uh, truly hope that we can continue to help people have that awareness. The second question is this cauliflower moment where you had a belief and you questioned it. And man, with your journey and all that you've learned and known and have been exposed to, I got to believe you've had a bunch of beliefs that you've, <laughs> you've transformed over time, but what's one you could highlight for everybody? I think that, you know, as a health and wellness entrepreneur, I think one of the things that I have learned is never burn bridges. And when you close doors, always remember that there are windows, because I think that a lot of the time we we're like, we consider our decisions permanent, you know, like if I decide to go plant-based, well, then I must be vegan for the rest of my life. Like nobody said that, like, won't you just have like one plant-based meal and see how you feel? Um, and so don't, don't allow yourself to get into analysis paralysis because you're so concerned that of the, of the, the finality of the decisions that you make, you can always change course. You know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm in a crappy relationship or I've been eating crappy for the past 10 years, I really need to lose 50 pounds. I really need to to, um, stop drinking so much. Whatever it is, make one decision at a time. Make Uh, one decision at a time and 
don't allow dogma to creep in. Just yeah. allow yourself to continually grow and evolve. And you may realize that things that you once hated, you may love. I mean, look at me. I'm going to run a 5K this weekend. And I'm like, I've been, I've been like so dogmatic for so long. Like who even wants to run a marathon? That sounds terrible. And I can't, I don't know the last time I've run three miles, but I'm going to do it this weekend. So <laughs> here we go. I may hate it. I may love it and I may hate it. And then two weeks later go, Hmm, I should probably do that again. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's the way health works. You know, you hate it and then you go, I should probably do that again. Well, this is awesome. How can people connect with you and get more info or work with you? Hey, you know, you can head over to lindsayelmore.com and I have, if you're on a brand new journey and you just want one little place to start, if you head to lindsayelmore.com slash gratitude, there is a free downloadable that is a hundred days of gratitude journaling. Just one little sentence each day. What are you grateful for? Let's change our minds so that we can take better care of ourselves. Awesome. Love it. Well, listen, thank you, Lindsay. I know uh, with your depth of background and exposure, uh, there's a lot people can learn by uh, interacting with you. So very cool. Well, thank you so much. And hey, if you uh, if your listeners are into it, send them over to my podcast as well. Everybody come check out the Lindsay Elmore show and check out lindsayelmore.com. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.